Hey guys, um, stoked to announce that Revelation Records will be sponsoring the next five podcasts, five episodes with Revelation Records. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you for the amazing soundtrack of my youth. Uh, Revelation Records has put out some of those classic hardcore records in history. Uh, some of the most iconic photos by BJ Pappas are on most of those albums. And most of my friends' bands have put records on Revelation Records. Um, a lot of hardcore history. And I'm super stoked that they're part of the One Life, One Chance podcast for the next five episodes. The ad is coming up next, and it's fucking loud, and it's awesome. <laughs> hey, this is Sam Sumataro. I sing for a band called Drain from Santa Cruz, California. I'm here to tell you about our debut record called California Cursed, now available on Revelation Records. This summer, we're going on tour with Go to revelationrecords.com for more, and here's four seconds of what we sound like. <laughs> I'm stoked to be part of the Revelation family. Let's take the remaining 26 seconds to dive into what it means and what's up at Rev. Revelation kicked things off in New York City in 1987 with Warzone, Lower East Side Crew. After that, Gorilla Biscuits, Youth of Today, Judge, Inside Out, Chain of Strength, and many more. The times changed in the early 90s, and Rev was there with artists like Quicksand, Texas is the Reason, Far Side, and Into Another. There's new music from World Be Free, Constant Elevation, Urban Sprawl, Dare, and reissues of the classics from Inside Out, Side by Side, and Orange 9mm. Check out the Spotify playlist series. Ah! It's all at revelationrecords.com. Yeah, part two. <laughs> How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm doing I'm good. listening to the, uh, the One Life, One Chance podcast. You are? With the Dick Cabot of hardcore, Toby Morse. <laughs> Welcome Today, to Toby the... is talking with one of the pioneers. Some would say uh, the person to blame for the DC softcore sound. Yours truly, Peter Cortner. <laughs> I love this. What's, um, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> I'm, just pr- I'm just printing labels in my office all day. Like, We just ordered food online like through this app called Instacart. And... Um, it's weird. The guy's actually chopping for us now, and he's chatting with us like, hey, they don't have this, they don't have that. You want to replace this? You want to replace that? It's really weird, and it's only two blocks away, but we tried to order food, but it wouldn't be delivered till next week. So, Wow. Wow. It, it's great. And then, then the mayor said today on the news that everybody should wear masks because now they're, now they're finding out the stuff might travel just through the air. So who knows? But they're saying everybody oh, must wear a mask outside. Man. Do you have masks? We wore bandanas and stuff. Although, actually, they said wear cloth on your face and leave the professional mask to the professionals who actually really need it. Um, right, right. That makes sense. But Max went to the post office with Moon's pink rubber dishwashing gloves and a gas mask on. He looked like a total psycho. <laughs> that is crazy. The whole thing is crazy. It's just crazy to be outside now. I haven't got a house in days. I went to the post office, we dropped stuff off, and then we ordered this food. But like, we have like a nice backyard, so we might do a little sprints tonight or something. Just go in the backyard and chill, get some vitamin D, because that's really good for your immune system. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I got out briefly today. Um, and Donna never got a chance to go out. Which is it? Which is a drag, and it's already uh, it's already getting dark here. Yeah. So, how was it? We'll try again tomorrow. How was it outside today? 
Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the, the weather-wise, it, it was it was gorgeous. Um, a little on the cold side this morning, but still pretty pretty nice. Um, and you know, I, the people who who I saw uh, out and about all seemed you know very positive. They were few and far between, but yeah, you know, people say hello. Um, you know, it was it was okay. And I went to uh, my local grocery store, small place. Um, and they let in, you know, 25 people at a time. So there was a little bit of a wait to get in, but, um, but not, not a big deal. Are people separated six feet apart outside? Outside. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody, everybody's joking about trying to figure out the etiquette of, uh, when you're on the sidewalk, like who should, who should go and, and, uh, abandon the sidewalk and walk in the street or, or across the street. Is everybody, you know, is, is everybody a, wearing masks? Right away. Are they wearing masks and gloves? Uh, not that many. Not that many, but definitely more now yeah. than I saw even even a couple of days ago. Yeah. Like many, many more people. Do you wear, do you, do you wear a mask or no? No. No. I, I should get one, though. Mm-hmm. They're hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot on the black. I'm sure there's a bunch of people selling a line like for crazy money, which is really insane. Man, I should have never. I should have never gotten rid of my gorilla outfit. You know, I could have. I could have <laughs> just done that. Um, well, one of the questions I want to ask you, I forgot when I got the phone last night. Was one was since I've been, I'm going to be married for 24 years in May, um, and you've been t- together way longer than that. What do you what do you think what do you think the key is to a long marriage, especially being a musician? So she was with you before music, after music, and now back with music. I think I think there's two things I can I can point to that just in any kind of any kind of relationship, you gotta just keep in mind. And the first is have a really good bullshit detector mm-hmm. for for both yourself and the person you're with. Yeah. So that you can always be just real with each other. I like that. And the other thing is no matter what the situation is, be tender. I like that too. Just step step outside of what's going on and remember this is the person you love. You have your own faults that this person is willing to deal with. Feel some gratitude and do it in return. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree, man. You know, and and if you if you just take care of those two things, uh, I think the rest just kind of falls in place. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's easy. It's definitely not easy for Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a. I can be a very difficult person to be in a relationship with. That says a lot about That says a lot about her, and also like the love, how real it is, ooh, and yeah. friendship, everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this, I've kind of gotten to the point in my life where marriage is one of those things where it's like you either totally commit to it or you just don't. 
to step away from it, but there can't be there can't be any gray area there. And I know there I know there's a lot of reasons why there would be. Yeah, I know it's very easy for that to happen. It's just got to be a choice. Yeah. And for me, the key to that is be aware that there are going to be times when your partner needs you to accept them unconditionally, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. And if, if, because I recognize in myself the times when I've needed that from her, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be willing to do it in return. Yeah, It'll that. probably never happen. Uh, probably never happen because, you know, <laughs> she's, she's not that kind of person. But if it ever <laughs> came down to it, you know, that's, uh, that's how it would be. No, I, I love that. I also feel like friendship's important too. Like, like me and Moon, me and my wife are like best. We were really friend, good friends before anything else, you know. So that was a good foundation, yeah. you know. And, and it shows. I mean, I can tell that when when I see the two of you together, even if you're just like passing each other in a room, I can see it, and it's it's remarkable and it's wonderful. Thank you, man. Yeah, you know, we're a couple of lucky guys. We're we are, man. Very, very lucky guys. We are because relationships, like you said, like it's, and then throw a kid into the mix, and that's just a different, another level too of like yeah. insanity. So yeah, um, yeah. Did you ever want to be a dad? Yes, but I tell you, the thing for me was always I just as I got older, I really questioned whether I would be a good dad. Mm. Like I was just really aware of how many things I've started in my life with emotional enthusiasm, but no real idea of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of great parents out there who didn't really know what they were doing when they got into it, but they yep. rose to the challenge. Totally. Uh, but this particular thing, I I'm not sure where I would be with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you not know? for everybody. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it definitely isn't. I'm I'm a <laughs> I'm a hell of an uncle. That's great. But that's, about <laughs> as, that's about as far as it goes. That's good though. Um, we need good. Oh uncles. yeah, yeah. Um, my oh other, for sure. My other question was, wh- wh- where did the name Field Day come from? Oh. Uh, that was that came from Brian actually. Okay. Um, when we were when we were thinking up a, a name, uh, Brian was like, "I think it should be I think it should be Field Day," um, just from a point of view of that's kind of that's kind of what we were having when mm-hmm. we did the record. Gotcha. And you know, it's funny. Doug and I talk about that sometimes because um, we all come from uh, different backgrounds uh, in terms of like the high schools we went to. Yeah. And it, it occurred to me that um, I thought I had an idea of like, oh, when, when Brian talks about what a field day is, I know what that is because I, I, I know from my school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later I was talking with people about that and they were like, no, I, I don't know if you necessarily had the same kind, kind of field day. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll talk with him about it one day. Yeah. Having a but, field day. Um, I remember that expression for sure. Yeah. And then, and then, what was Denko's? Yeah. 
Oh, Jenkos. Okay, so there was a friend of mine from high school, uh, and his name was Hal. And Hal and I, in fact, were uh, Hal was the uh, guy I was sharing the microphone with uh, in the first band I was ever in, which was Body Count, okay. which uh, Hal ended up becoming the the, the singer for. And I got I got to get you some yeah, of that stuff. Hear that, yeah. Amazing. But um, every now and then, Hal would show up uh, at my house in Silver Spring and uh, just walk up to, like, the window where my bedroom was and, you know, say, come on, come on, let's, let's go. Let's get in the car. Let's go do something. And I'd be like, what do you have in mind? He's like, come on, let's go, let's, let's go on down to Denko's and wig out. Mm. And, okay. So Denko's, uh, there was a dude named Denko who lived near i think kind of like near dupont circle yeah and i never really knew him but he was just this guy who it seemed like every night there was a party at his house gotcha so you'd show up and you might never see him but you'd see a whole lot of other people yeah and so that was that was kind of the source of 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 all that but the twist in that song was the idea that we're going to go there and even though it's a big party, uh, we're just going to like stick to Coke and Doritos and not partake of whatever yeah. else was there. I like that. Um, yeah. Well, and, yeah. And, that, and that's the how that was spilling malt liquor on his minor threat sticker, huh? Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Which I, I, I would... I, I should ask him sometime if, if like if people ever ask him about that, does he say, oh yeah, 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 I did that. Yeah. Because if he does, then I'll say yes, he definitely did that. I didn't... I didn't just make that up. Yeah, I think that lyric was like for me when I first heard. It, I was like, it was just 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 hearing that. I was like, no, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know. For back then, it just sounds like, in in hip hop, that would be like a hip hop diss. But I know it wasn't. I know because everybody's friends. But like, it just seemed like just the way it rhymed, it flowed, and then it was just so random. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I was just reading into it when I was a kid. Well. You know? It's it's funny you mention that because I'll tell you something that uh, about that song that I thought was kind of funny, which was um, Ian Mackay's reaction to it. So Ian produced that record. So we were recording all of that with him. And while I was recording my vocals for that song, he stopped me and he's like, dude, the, the TV is inside, the TV is outside. What the fuck, man? What does that even mean? <laughs> and so, and I see him, you know, on the, on, on the other side of the booth, he's, he's behind the glass. And so I, I said to him and, and the tape is still rolling by the way. Oh wow. Like it's simple, Ian, I am God. You are God. Believe in me and you will live a thousand years. <laughs> she said, don't. He didn't ask me any he didn't ask me any questions after that. Oh my God, man. He was just like, uh, okay. And funny thing, it's not on the CD or the vinyl, but if you have the first pressing of the cassette, wow. Of we got a Denko's, it's on there at really, really, really low volume. Really? Right at the start of the record, just before the Godfather start. What him saying that? No, me saying that oh, to him. Oh wow, man! It's it's right on there, man. It's simple, Ian. 
I am God, your God, believe in me, and you will live a thousand years. That is incredible, man. That's a real gem right here. I didn't yeah. even knew that. <laughs> wow. It's nuts. It's <laughs> nuts. And so when you did the, on the My Threat Sticker, he thought that was interesting too or no? Uh, he did. Yeah. He did. You know, I'll, I'll tell you something funny about that, um, about the minor threat sticker thing, which was, I was, before before I got involved with, with punk at all, one of the bands I was really into was Rush. Gotcha. And I, even even to this day, like, it kind of bums me out how much Ian like really weirdly hates on Rush because okay. you know him. I mean, he's super open-minded. He's into mm-hmm. every kind of music. Yeah. But, you know, so when we were recording Wig Out, I was going to ask him about the lyrics to Minor Threat because I was so into Rush when I was younger. And I'm like, you know, why is, why is he putting the band down? Mm. And Brian said to me, absolutely do not ask Ian about rush <laughs> that's crazy I mean, like, okay. such an issue. yeah but 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 it's like you know people people you know you know what a big deal that song is mm-hmm. but yeah. nobody ever talks about that line man why is everybody so fucking in the rush mm. like, mm, i don't know i don't know man wow dude yeah nobody even talks about that's that true, that's a great it? point Wow. One of these days, one of these days, I'll ask him about it. One. That's yeah. That's that's another gem right there. I didn't even thought about that. Damn man, that's awesome. You you said yesterday you had some questions you written down too, huh? Oh yeah. Well, actually, so we were we were talking about a couple of things that I, I thought about after we talked, and one was um, we were talking about changing lyrics and mm. i was telling you that there were lyrics like back in the old days that i changed uh values here like the rap and what now i did a different thing to never go back but i was telling you like now i i, I won't do that yeah but i thought of an exception and that is so there's a song on field day called typical and I'm not going to name any names because I, I don't know how he feels about it, but this, this guy I'm going to tell you about, he's my hero. So the second show we played this field day, uh, we were playing at the Crossroads in New Jersey. Yeah. And this guy there told me this story about how that song, Typical, inspired him to leave this message for his girlfriend with lyrics from the song. Wow. And so he described it to me and he said, so it was one day, it was, it was foggy. It was raining real, really lightly. And apparently he found his girlfriend's car. I'm not sure where his girlfriend was, if she was like working, she was inside a store or whatever, but in, she wasn't in the car. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he said the fog had left this mist on her windshield. And so he took his finger and wrote on the windshield in, in this mist, the rain looks so good on you. Yes. And, and, and I said to him, uh, Andy, and, and that's not his real name, of course, you know, I'm changing the name yeah. to protect the innocent, but 
but you know, he's a, he's a great guy and a great, great promoter too. But uh, anyway, I said, Andy, you know, those aren't the words I was singing. Those aren't the words to the song. Uh, but they're totally the words now because <laughs> I thought his lyrics were a lot better than mine. And I was like, do you mind if like I put that in the song now? And he's like, serious? oh man, that, that, you know, that, that, that would be cool. So, so those are the only lyrics I changed because his, wow. his version was so much better than mine. Yeah. You think, you know, lyrics you've been singing your whole life to or bands and then Maybe one day you look at the lyrics and say, damn, I've been singing it wrong the whole time. My wife does that all the oh, time yeah. with punk songs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I was going to ask you something else, too, yesterday, too. I think I might ask Doug that, where the name Dag Nasty came from, because obviously that was before he got in the band. But it was, you know what else is thought, too? Wig out is like bug out. Wig out's like like a, the New York term for, you know, yo, we're bugging out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're wigging out. Yeah, sure. Huh. Sure. Yeah. It was the same kind of thing. I, uh, well, actually, I take that back because now I'm thinking, do I really know what bug out means? So what well, does like, it mean if you bug well, it's out? Well, it's like, yeah, I'm going to bug out at Denko's. I'm going to wig out. I'm going to go wild. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to wig out. I'm going to get crazy. Uh, okay. Okay. Right? So I think if I remember correctly how we were using it at the time, uh, and this m- might have just been my understanding of what, what how I was saying, but if you were wigging out, it was your reaction to something that just kind of blew your mind. Okay. So it's like, you know, I, 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 I wigged out when I saw so-and-so doing whatever. Ah, you know? I wigged out, yeah. That was, that was, that was kind mm. of what it was, you know. So it's, it's, which now that I think about it, um, kind of fits in with how I would have acted at something like that anyway, because I'm I'm definitely more the type who's observing, yeah, uh, rather than participating, mm. uh, especially now. So I would be there just to like watch people and wig out on what they were doing. Well, I also have a lyric correction for you because you, you, my mind's been kind of spinning since you just said. That Ian mentions Rush in that song, but he doesn't. I was like, this. It, he doesn't. He says, the time is so little, the time belongs to us. Why is everybody in such a fucking rush? He's not saying, <laughs> why is everybody so fucking into Rush? I just thought it was insane for like three minutes because I know you that mean, song. I've been wrong about that all this time? Yeah, listen, so like, I thought I was crazy for a second. I'm like... That that song doesn't Dude, mention the I'm band Rush. Glad you said and something. so I just thought about it, and I just been going through my mind for two seconds, and I'm like, and now you had the lyrics, so so you were like the guy who had the lyrics wrong <laughs> in New Jersey. Dude, you just saved me. We're not it's the first. The, I hope we're not the last, because I know we're all heading for an adult crash. The time is so little. The time belongs to us. Why is everybody in such a fucking rush? And I know this because I've sang this song a couple of times with Gorilla Biscuits in the past couple years but I, when you said that i'm like is he, is he is he talking about the same song and then i'm like i just started thinking about it so yeah man you had it wrong too man you know see so this is this is one of the problems now you know i wear glasses right <laughs> yes. well i've had to wear glasses <laughs> since i was a kid yeah but you know i was one of those teenagers who's like no i'm not i'm 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 not gonna wear glasses they they, they don't look cool yeah so maybe I should have. Milo, I Milo looks cool. Read lyric sheets. 
You look good in glasses. No, I've seen you, you in glasses. Awesome in glasses. Yeah, you look you good. You look awesome. But yeah, man, I could never read lyric sheets. Oh man, <laughs> I'm glad. Meanwhile, no, you think that, you think why, that song maybe was Maybe that's why Rush. Brian was telling me don't ask him about Rush because yeah. Brian's probably like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" Because now it's like, uh, you're like, why would even why would Ian even mention another band in the song back then or even diss like a rock band? I was like. You just had me going crazy for a second in my mind. I'm like, I-, I don't know what this guy's talking about. That's why. I would... Wow, man. Okay. Well, now we now we both learned something today. Yeah. Maybe I should tell him about it. Maybe he'll change the words. <laughs> At this point, so you know, I've been because it has a nice ring to it. You know, why is everybody so fucking into Rush? Listen, imagine if that's really the words. Know, um, you should ask him that one day. Like, you know, I've been telling my, I thought you hated Rush so bad my whole life, and I just found out. Oh my god, that's so funny, man. So I guess we didn't read lyrics Sorry, back Ian. then. It's all good. Um, I, I, I had you wrong. I had you wrong, dude. Sorry. You had it pegged all along. Um, I won't. Yeah. Were you ever? <laughs> right, were you ever exactly. big? Were you ever a big Minor Threat fan? I'm sure, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, so, I was telling you about how, when I was in high school, this friend of mine's older brother, he was the guy who was like, ah, you kids, you think you're into punk. You haven't heard this stuff. And he, mm. would, he would play this stuff. And right when, I think their their second EP came out, like he showed up and played it for us, and it was the first first time I had, I had heard him, and it, I was just like, "Whoa, this is insane!" No, not the, what am I saying? The second one? No, it was the first one. It yeah. was the first one, and it just blew my mind. Like, oh my god, this is absolutely great! And I would sit and stare at that cover, like, "Look at this dude, man! He's really intense." <laughs> and it was like total hero worship. Like, totally, oh, man. Wow, this guy, this guy is a badass. And those records, I still, man, I, 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 it's an amazing record. I still get chills when I hear it. Me too, and, and, it's, and it sounds great still. It like stood the test of time. Like it's, it's like, nice. it's insane. It just sounds, it just still sounds great. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What about Fagazi? Fagazi yeah. fan too. Fugazi is a band that took me a, a longer time to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of these days, I'm going to have to take like a much deeper dive into it. But, you know, the first two records, I absolutely love. Yeah. And then I kind of got to this point where, like I was telling you, I wasn't listening to a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, I was more listening to just a lot of Parking lot sounds, all that. Yeah, parking lot sounds and, and, and stuff like that. And really just, I don't know, man. When 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 Dad Nasty ended for, for a while, I was just like, maybe maybe music isn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but I still wanted to hear stuff. Yeah. You know, but, but it was just not necessarily the same kind of stuff I was listening to before. Maybe now's the time so when you're like, in lockdown, quarantine. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm saying. I'm probably probably end up being like, Oh my god, why didn't I why didn't I get into this band before? Um was 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 Madonna into hardcore too? Is that how you guys met? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When so when when, when she and I first met, um I remember meeting her and and talking about 
uh, boycott stat. Yeah, Garnishi. That had just that had just come out. Incredible. And oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's. I mean, there there are times where we're driving around and she's just like, dude, you know, we we need to listen to some hardcore. The other night she's like, we're gonna listen to some some Swedish hardcore tonight. Refused. Like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Older. Older. Oh, um, Epiton, Baton. I forgot, I forgot their name. I know exactly what she's talking about. Abananda. Something. I don't know. No, this band. This band was called something like the the Shit Biscuits or something like this. I, mm. I forget what they were called. It was some crazy name, but they were awesome. Yeah, they were absolutely awesome. Super, super good stuff. That's cool. Super good stuff. But, but yeah. In fact. Um, the first time I ever saw Mandana, which is before she and I ever actually talked, was at the Minor Threat show in D.C. with uh, with the Go-Go band Troublesome. Holy shit. So, yeah, she was, she was out in uh, Prince George's County, like, just getting into punk. That's awesome, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's definitely into it. So I mean, she's she's known me through every band that I've been in, um, and she really like when I had doubts about doing doing field day, she was like, "No, you you absolutely have to do this." Like, it's awesome. Man. Have you returned Doug's call yet? You need to call up Doug. You need to do <laughs> I'm like, "Are you sure?" She's like, "Absolutely." Yeah, that's you awesome, man. It. Yeah, it's it's a good girl. It's cool. It's awesome. Were you we ever Madonna fan, musically? The Madonna. Oh well, so that's a funny thing. Uh, no, <laughs> I wasn't. And in fact, I remember like there, there was some something I was doing when I was still like doing work, uh, doing legal work, and uh, I was doing like this document review for some case, and this guy was just talking about you know, Madonna's body of work and, and, you know, how talented she is. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So I carried that wrong idea in my head for a really long time. And then I found out that you did a cover. And yes. Madonna found out. And Madonna found out that you did a cover. So then she played this song for me and I'm trying to remember oh I remember now it's a song that she does that samples the song by Abba Like a Prayer I think that's, that's probably it yeah, that's a recovery yeah which is the one that you cover mm-hmm. and she's just like okay you've, you've been dogging on, the, on Madonna all this time listen to this song and I listened to it and I was like oh my god like this is really really good this is really really good so it's like oh good now i've got another now i've got somebody else i can listen to you know because i've got got this whole body of work i can jump into so the the h2 madonna cover was the first kind of madonna song you listened to that you like yeah yeah (laughs) and that and then that took me to listen listening to her version i was just like oh shit i love this that's awesome man yeah, um, yeah, I'm a massive. I have a Madonna portrait on my arm. I'm like a massive fan. When I when I was growing up, I was um, a massive fan before I found my moon. But uh, I had like a shrine in my bedroom, and um, 
got to meet Madonna like a couple times and ended up in a um, Madonna coffee book. Like I have a hard cover coffee book. There's a there's a half page of me on in there wearing a Madball shirt at CBGB's, and it's a whole thing how I met Madonna at CBGB's, and then I met her twice after that, and it was pretty surreal. Um, I never oh, seen. Oh God, that's awesome. Yeah, I never seen her after that. that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. Um, um, I never seen her after that. I, my a friend of mine plays guitar for her for like ten years, and I was gonna go see her play recently, but I was out of town. But it'd be cool to meet her again. But I met her three times, and then end up in her book, and that was pretty. After that, I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is crazy." Um, that is crazy, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, and 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 it 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 makes sense. I mean, that's one of the things that is great about her, but it's also really great about you and great about H two O. It's like these are not separate worlds at all. Mm. And, you know, I remember thinking when I was in DAG that, oh, man, the, the, the punk world is just too, it's too narrow-minded. But, mm -hmm. you know, who was I to say that? Because I carried, I probably still carry a lot of that narrow-mindedness. Mm -hmm. And somebody like you... Like, you just completely know better. Like, you see where it's all connected, and it's all joyous, and it's all positive. Thank you, man. You know? Yeah, that's, I, That is so cool. Yeah, I, I always loved Madonna. I was like pop music. My band, you know, grew up loving U2 and all that stuff, and I think that um, we're never afraid that people know we love that. And so many people would make tease us and make fun of us, like, oh, these guys are like a, a boy band. They're not a hardcore band because we like other music or but like we always loved oh, that's, other music. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, I remember when I was I think I was in eleventh grade when when Boy came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I heard I Will Follow on the radio. And I was just like, What is this? Like I've never heard anything that sounds like this. So I good, was man. Crazy about it. I loved you two so much, man. Here, so, so here's the crazy thing. So have you ever, like, especially when you were younger, and I'm, I'm going to bet the answer to this is no, but did you ever lie about being in a band? When I was younger? Like, yeah. No. Like, did you ever say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I remember, I remember, like, some guy I was talking to was talking about this. Like, you know, remember back back when you would want to impress a girl, so you you would say you were in a band, and I was like, oh shit! I thought I was the only person who ever did that, <laughs> and and so that 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 made me when you mentioned you too, that made me think of it because when I was when I was like I think the first time I ever like lied about that and tried to convince somebody I was in a band, um, I was probably in junior high school. And yeah. so I would, I would, and I would be like, you know, talking to some girl over the phone and I would say, Oh yeah, you, you should hear my band. And I remember I would, I would say, I, I play guitar for this band and I would play like a cutoff of uh, some, some like weird Todd Rundgren record I had or, or like part of a, part of a Blue Oyster Cult record or, or Rush or Rush. Okay. But the first time I, first time I ever lied and said, Oh yeah, I sing for a band. The band I played over the phone was U two. No, fucking back then, way. 
back then you could still you could still find people who would not know what it was. Wow. Because only only record that, that was out was Boy. And I was like, oh, this is impressive. Man. This is impressive. <laughs> so you played the you played the, the girl the, the music over the phone? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Something it was probably like out of control. Yeah. Or something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, that's me. That's me. That is so funny, man. I, I didn't really know about you two until I listened to Seven Seconds and when Kevin had grown his hair out because I was just like punk rock, punk rock, punk rock and hip hop. And then when those guys started changing their style and growing the hair out and thanking you two on the liner notes and like wearing you two shirts, I was like, who the fuck's you two? And they're the ones that got me to, to really open my mind to stuff like that because I don't know. I just never really, and it, that was never, never on my like radar. And then, yeah. yeah, they got me to definitely be into that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, they were pretty punk, too, when they first came out. I know, and also, Bono was, like, really good friends with Joey. He was at his bedside when he passed away. Like, he, he was a really good friend with the Ramones and stuff. Like, he was connected to that world still, even no matter how massive he was, you know? It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. It's pretty interesting, the whole connection of... Even Madonna, dude. Madonna was, like, hanging down Lower East Side. She was part of the whole downtown scene. Like she was, I don't know. She was kind of in the, in the mix too, you know. Um, yeah, I mean that that was a thing. Like you could you could have all of these different different styles, and and you know, a trap I fell into as as a kid was this idea that if you were into one kind of music, it sort of automatically meant that you weren't going to be into another kind of music. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and and it was so stupid. Yeah. Like I remember I remember being in high school and begrudgingly going to see the B fifty twos. Yeah. With this girl that I was going out with at the time. And I mm -hmm. was like, you know, oh man, they're just they're just they're just stupid. They're like just some new wave band, man. They're not yeah. they're not punk at all. <laughs> and later I was like I was like what was wrong with me, man? I love the B-52s. Yeah, they're great, I man. love them. And I, yeah, and I could have had such a good time at the show. And I'm like, no, no. You know, what's wrong with all these posers here? You, <laughs> you were so set in your ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever like hip-hop at all growing up or no? So, yeah. And, and... Like it, it's funny because when I was telling you that I got to this point where I wasn't really listening to much, much music at all. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I was listening to though, um, and this was thanks to this friend of mine, Damon, who would just like send me tapes of stuff. Um, I got really into the Beastie Boys. Nice. When um, when Paul's Boutique came out. Amazing record, man. And on. Unbelievable. I mean, that's one of the greatest records ever. Yeah, that's my favorite like, BC's record. That sure. record, yeah, yeah. And that record just got me into the whole, like, idea of what you can do with samples as, like, yeah. a sound collage. Um, and, and, you know, whether it's as music or whether it's just something really, really out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful stuff. I think those guys beautiful made it, like... Stuff. They made it right before people started getting sued because they have like one of the most most samples on one album ever, supposedly. And I think they made it right at the cutoff before people started getting crazy lawsuits for using samples. That's what I yeah. heard, but I don't know. Um, yeah, 
No, I, I well, it, it, it must have been right. Yeah, I mean, over the years, like every now and then, um, someone will put together like their own like unofficial compilation of all the music that they sampled. Yeah, I've heard that before. That it's amazing. Yeah, and it's like a ton of stuff. Think about how much tedious work they had to do to find that and make it per and everything they use fits so perfectly and just like just all that work and behind it, like putting it all together and it just and how they even know that shit was gonna work and fit. It's just so perfect, man. It's crazy, man. Well, you know, it's funny. So we, we were talking about having an having an experience where you're in the studio recording and you end up getting just burned out by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm sure that record was a lot of work, but I can't believe for a second that they weren't loving every single second of it. You know? Yeah, I'm like, I'm... like it's just the artistry of it, and every, everything that they would find, it was like the 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 rush of finding something like even more obscure that fits in just perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like they're sampling Black Flag. You know, yeah, it's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, there's so much good oh, shit God. in there. Um, I'm trying to think what else I was gonna ask you. One more thing to ask you too. Do you have any more of your notes there? I know, I know, I'm gonna hit you later and go. You know what? Let's keep it going. Let's just talk tomorrow too in the quarantine. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? I, I, you were you were asking me about um about bands I was in, and you mentioned Los Vampiros, which was uh not so much a a, a band. But it was just me getting together with uh, with Colin from yes. Dag Nasty yeah. uh, after Dag Nasty broke up. Mm-hmm. Actually, both times Dag Nasty broke up because the first time we did it was uh, between the Can I Say tour with the Descendants and um, and Wig Out. Gotcha. The first Los Angeles stuff we recorded was when Doug and uh, and Brian. We're doing doggy rock. Okay. But then after uh, after the band broke up after field day, we got together again and, and recorded a bunch more stuff. And it's kind of cool. And yeah. uh, there's a there's a chance that I've been talking with this guy who's interested in in taking all that stuff and putting it out again. Oh wow! So we'll see what happens with that. Oh wow! But um, but I was also did this thing a lot later uh, called the Jarens. Okay. And that was something that started in, I don't know, 2001, 2002 with just me and uh, this buddy of mine named Hunter Bennett. And Hunter had lived in Philadelphia, but he was getting ready to move down to DC, uh, gotcha. start a job down there. And he gave me a, portable eight track recorder and a bunch of wave files of stuff that he's been working on. Gotcha. And he was just like, do whatever you want with it. So it was just him playing guitar, him playing bass, sometimes like playing the theremin. Mm-hmm. But he was like, you can you can cut it up, you can slice it, dice it, you can do whatever you want with it. And so he and I just did that for like a bunch of years. Yeah. And and then Donna was, was at some point, you know, saying to me, you know, you, you need to like actually like get a band together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 I, I, I'm not, I'm not really into doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, 
but sometimes other people would would contribute to the challenge, like um, Steve Hanskin from Minor Threat. He mixed uh, us doing a cover of Sailing On. Oh wow! And he got yeah, and he got Brian to to uh, put a solo on it, Holy which shit. was kind of cool. Um, I love to hear that. Uh, cool. Stefan from The Descendants mm-hmm. played drums on one song. Like wow. he was just like, yeah, send send me a file and and I'll do drums. But then um, I think in 2008, I went to see a couple of my friends. Uh, they had formed a band and they were playing their first show. And I was watching them. I'm like, God, these, these guys are really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're having a really good time. And I think after they played, I think that night, I was like, I want to hijack you guys. <laughs> I, 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 want, I, want, I want you to be my band. And and they were like, yeah, okay. Oh wow! And so and so we started like we took all of these songs that I'd done with uh, with Hunter and we started playing them live. And we did that uh, from 2009 to I think 2013. Nice. And it's actually it's it's on Spotify. Okay. Like you can find it. Um, stuff I did. Most of it is the stuff that I did with with Hunter. So it's just you know the the bedroom tapes. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff, but um, there's also stuff with the full band. And cool. I used to say what we did was like um, Naked Ray Gun meets Joy Division fighting the B-52s while Scott Walker is watching. I like Moon like that too. That's so, Moon's favorite band is Naked Ray Gun. That'd be awesome. Oh God, I, I want to hear Naked this. What under- well, well, oh, trust me, it's not that much like Naked Ray Gun. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Okay. But it's in there. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. in there somewhere. What an underrated band! What an incredible mm-hmm. band, Nicky Reagan. My wife turned me on a long oh, God, time ago. They're amazing. Yeah. In fact, I I remember telling telling Doug um, when we got back together and we were talking about you know the kind of music we were going to do, and two of the bands I said right away that I was like, you got to listen to these bands, Naked Reagan and uh, Peg Boy. Peg Boy's great too. Oh, Strong reaction! Oh, oh my God, that man! Was amazing. amazing, yeah, man! Yeah, it was a so much great yeah. melodies, great songwriting. Yeah, I think yeah. the record's called yeah. Cha 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 or something. I don't know. That was amazing songs, though, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Cha 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 the Moan. Yeah, Cha Cha the Moan. Yeah, and and Earwig. Do you ever hear? Um, oh shoot, uh, the bomb. Mm-mm. So the bomb is. Jeff Pizzotti from Naked Ray Gun. It's this band that he did after Naked Ray Gun. Okay. Um, and one thing you got to hear is, you know, uh, remember that band Flock of Seagulls? Yeah. So they had that song, Space Age Love Song. Okay. You got to hear the bomb doing that and Jeff Pizzotti singing it. My and wife probably knows this shit too, man. I got to look this up, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because she's got the whole uh, Chicago connection, she's, right? She's from Chicago. Yeah, that's all her stuff she grew up on. Yeah, she she'll hook that. you up. Uh, she'll hook you up. And they play the song totally straight. Like they're not, they're not joking around. They're not mm-hmm. doing it for irony. Um, you can tell, like they love the song, and it sounds really good, really, really good. Yeah, Pig Boy is like, dude. I think they're kind of overrated oh, too, man. Under underrated, underrated. I'm sorry, yeah, underrated. Yeah. Um. Did you ever hear Verbal Assault like them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
we got to play with Verbal Assault a couple of times. Yeah, I remember those. I remember those. They, were, yeah. they were amazing. I know, man. Great guitar. Is like, about them? like, like, talk about talk about a band that needs a reunion. Yeah, man. That that would be incredible. It, it'd be I, I would be there. I don't care where it is. Yeah, for sure. That'd be amazing, man. Great yeah. lyrics, just everything about them, the sound, the lyrics, everything, man, about that band would just yeah, such an incredible yeah. guitar they were, sound. They too. were, they were, they were, they were just on another level. They yeah. were on another level entirely. Um, well, shit, man, I think we covered a lot of shit, man. I'm trying to think of some more stuff right now. I, I, on my wall, I have this. I don't know if you've seen it before. I have like these frames of like all my favorite albums. I took all the old CD covers a long time ago and I had them dry mounted together as this collages and I have four huge frames in my office and it's got all my favorite albums and all of them and um, I'm looking at the Dagnasty right now. The Dagnasty right now is in between Brand Nubian, Fishbone, Minor Threat, Lost Boys, Faith No More, Sex Pistols and Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> Just randomly. In my, I'm going to send you a picture but I have this inspiration you, in, my, in my office. You got like, you, man. Yeah, I got my inspiration. In I my am... I tell you, man, I, I, it's unbelievable to me to have done something that someone would put in, in, in that company, you know, I mean, and it feels really good. Yeah. I mean, it feels you, really good to hear something like that. Man. Of Thank course. You. Of course. And, and sometimes it's, I talk to some other people who are in bands who are like, when you try to give them like, um, um, I guess props or like thank them and stuff, they, they don't really see it like that. And sometimes when you're in it, or even when you're out of it, like you made that record so many years ago, but through all the generations of different people coming into music and hearing that record, and then obviously you're back and you're playing those songs again, you don't realize the impact it had on people because you're in it at that moment. You're playing the songs, you wrote the songs, you're on tour, and then you go home and whatever you're doing off tour, you're back to normal life. And sometimes, I've questioned it many times in my life, like, what have I really done? Okay, I put these records out. We play these shows. I have fun playing the shows. Meet so many great people. So, and it, it's not, I don't know if it's like an insecure thing or I don't know what it is. It's just, you don't realize. Sometimes you feel like, what, what did I do? Okay, it's just a record. It's just some songs you wrote. It's just, I like, and you know it had an impact, but until you meet somebody face to face or somebody sends you a letter or they reach out to you, like, this is what you did for that music. You're like, holy shit, I, I made a difference. But sometimes it's hard when you're in your own world and you're not, you're just living your life, you know what I mean? You're not you're not on stage, you're not touring. So you had many, many yeah. years in between playing those songs and putting that record out, um, and becoming like, you know, a, a grown man and then you come back and it's like when you meet people like, Holy shit, like that record touched me. It feels good. It feels good it, to know you put something it, out there that it, actually had an effect, you know? It does feel good and it's and it's made me like understand even more about how Whenever you do any kind of music, if you, you know, especially if you're recording it, especially if you're making it available to people, once you do that, even though you can think of those songs as like a part of you, once other people get it, it's theirs. Yeah. And they, they, they do with it whatever they want. And you yeah. can't you can't predict it nor nor really should you mm -hmm. and when when i meet people now and they're talking about their experience like the age they were when they heard it what they were doing with their life you know what what relationship they were in or what you know 
what kind of journey they were on. It's just like, what a trip to have done something that became a part of somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. But everything that they tell me about it, you know, when they say to me, oh, you know, you have this, this impact, it's like, not really. Because everything you're telling me about what happened with this is actually something you did. Mm-hmm. You, the person who's, who's telling me. Yeah. It's like if, if, if I meet somebody from, from a band and they say, you know, Dad Nasty is a band that, that inspired me. These, these lyrics that you wrote inspired me. I just think, well, what's really happening is, you know, I'm just this barren soil. But you are that tough seed that can survive anything mm. that grew out of it. So, like, you oh, yeah. are the product. You are the thing that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just something in the ground. Mm. You know, like it's that. no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. People, people can take the most, just the, the, the smallest thing and hear in it something huge but the thing that they're hearing man it's it's all them it's in it's in their head it's in their ears um they're the they're they're the ones who make it wonderful yeah yeah it's interesting because you you make it you record it you put it out and you go on with your day it's not like you listen like i can never listen to our records but go back oh let's listen to my record but but you put it out and then it goes out there and then whatever happens happens and you go on tour and people know it or they don't like it and you just play it and but then there's some people like read every lyric and like memorize the lyrics and can't wait to see you play it live and have this connection to every single song and it affect it affects them in a way and uh, that, that's I think that's so amazing and beautiful about music and um and the fact that it stays with you your whole life because I I, I can't I don't remember what was on the radio you know the day wig out came out or the year it came out or where i was but i know that record front to back i don't know it was the, the, i don't know the popular song on the radio at, at, during that time i know this record that i listened to every day and like stuck with me forever and i can still listen to it and have these memories of where i was at, at that time and how old i was and what i was doing and who i was hanging out with and and how i looked and all that it, i don't know this is something so i'm, I'm not going to take away from other types of music but there's something so powerful and real about punk rock and hardcore that stays with you fucking forever man i don't know it's embedded in our soul or i don't know it's something so special at least i don't know like you have those memories of going to see your that band play and um being in the crowd and just i don't know it's so different than going to like a big rock concert where there's a massive barricade and the band is untouchable oh, for sure. you know it's yeah, it's such a absolutely. different it's a different connection um, obviously I probably like some of the music on the radio back then, but I know the wig out record from that year and how old I was. And I don't know, it's just something about the music. And it's so special because it wasn't, every, the whole world wasn't listening to Dag Nasty and it wasn't listening to the punk bands we listened to. It was something that we had, it was so special because it wasn't, it wasn't for everyone, but it was for us and our friends and we really connected to it. And it wasn't something that was on the radio or on television at that time. You know, I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. It was like, it was like your own, your, your own secret thing, you know? Yeah. I, I remember, I remember having that feeling and, and loving it being, being in situations where you're like, wow, 
you know the song that's running through my head right now? Nobody else here knows what that song is. Yeah. You know, unless you were, unless you were with your friends or you were at a show. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, the rest of the world doesn't know this at all. It's crazy. It's crazy. Even, yeah. even if even if I take it's a, if I take Straight Edge, like that song, like, okay, I'm a punk rock kid, I'm a skateboarder, I'm fucking 12 years old, my brothers are smoking and drinking in the house, they're partying around me, I don't want to do it, I see how it affects them, but I like this punk music, and I can skate to it, not not really sure what the bollocks is, and then I hear this band, Minor Threat, and then there's a song that talks about how it made me feel like I could still be cool, and still be myself, and not have to do what my peers are doing around me, and still be punk and still be myself and that's something that nobody was talking about or singing about on the radio or anywhere around me at that time and it caught me at that time in my life where I I, I was scared of it I saw my mom was chain smoking drinking what just whatever and I'm this kid who loves this music and then I hear this song and I'm like holy shit I'm not alone and then that just fucking just stuck with me my whole life and it's just something in this music that I don't know where else where I got that from, from any other genre of music would t- tell me that I could be cool and not have to fucking do drugs or alcohol. I don't know. There's nobody singing about that shit, you know? Could I have listened to something yeah, else my true. brothers got me into and I could have been all fucked up? I don't know. Oh, my dad died and, I, and my mom's working jobs. I should go get fucked up. But I, I, I just, right. it's weird, man. I don't know. It's the path that came from that and where I am now and it just stuck with me. I don't know. I just, and then my whole life I was like, fuck it, I'm a, this is, this is, I can just be myself. I don't have to feel like I have to be like my brothers or be like other people around me. You know, I would go to cake parties with my brothers right. and hang out. And, but I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe it's not as deep as that, but um, just the powerful impact of it, I guess I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that happened because dude, uh, you know, I don't know you that well, but somehow I imagine like if you had ever taken any kind of drugs, you know, wings would have sprung out of your back and you probably would have just <laughs> flown out into space. Like you're you're all, you're already too much of a of, of a package, man. You're already dynamite. <laughs> you, you don't you don't need you don't need that added to it. You, you would have turned into fucking Doctor Manhattan or something. I was, like, I was so hyped you know. as it was, man. Oh my god, man! I would have fucking exploded. You're so funny, man. Then when I got to New York and dudes were like partying, drinking forties, doing cocaine, smoking weed all around me, and I was the only one, the only straight edge kids hanging out in New York with all these dudes. I had so much fun being the sober guy, carrying the boombox, playing like the hip hop cassettes, just hanging out, just like I loved it. And they loved me for who I was, and they never tried to pressure me to do anything and all that. I got more peer pressure, obviously, in in high school, but like. I don't know, man. Yeah, I was definitely a fucking spaz, man. I've always been a spaz. I've always been high on life, man. Skateboarding was my first, like, natural high that I've ever felt was skateboarding and doing tricks. And right. I don't know, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, getting those endorphins going. Totally. For sure. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing, too, because that way you got to really experience what was going on. Mm-hmm. And not just what was going on with you, but, like, you saw what was happening with everybody else. Yeah. There's so many, so many, I, I think about my own experience. There's so many times where I'm like, what I remember about it is just how fucked up I was. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like, do I remember a great moment from the show? Do I remember what a couple other people were doing that was really great? No. I just remember uh, I was I was fucked up. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 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 glad to be done with that. I'm yeah, are you really so, are you sober now? Or are you, were you sober guy? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. It's it's been oh, I think 9 years. That's awesome, man. 9 years and uh and yeah, I, I would I would never go back. I was glad to stop. Yeah. Like, I was really glad to stop. Mm-hmm. You know. 9 years is great. That's huge, man. It's amazing. Uh, were you, were you, was, that, was that the first time too. you ever quit, or did you quit before then? It was, no, it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first time, but it was the first time that, it was the first time that I let important people in my life know mm. that it was something that I had to do. Yeah. That it was like serious. It's like, look, I I got a problem with this and I just I have to stop now. I can't be any fucking around with it. Yeah. It's it's just gotta stop. And having people around that understood that and supported that, that's that's what made the difference. Yeah, that's really important to have a good uh support yeah. system, especially Madonna, man. She's she she holds you down, man. She's been through all different versions of you. The oh, highs, yeah. the lows, everything. Uh huh. Uh-huh. She needs an award. We have, yeah. to get, we have to get her award soon. Seriously. <laughs> we're actually we're actually gonna have uh so we, we celebrate two anniversaries. Okay. We celebrate the an, our, our wedding anniversary, which is in October, but coming up on the sixth is the anniversary of the day that we met. Oh, that's awesome, and, man. And I cannot I can't wait. I can't wait. So it's it, I got it, plenty of time on my hands. So you know, I it's April 6th. I know. It's April 6th. What year? It was 1984. Damn, man. Shoot. April 6th, 1984. Yep. And and I remember uh, I, I was hanging out with, with Hal. Nice. Uh, Hal, came by, Hal came by my house and said, you know, come on, we're, we're, we're going to go out. Uh, I was in a really bad mood because I, I just like ended this this my my serious high school relationship Mm -hmm. and so we were just walking around saying who do we hate girls who do we hate girls and (laughs) so we 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 go downtown we're we're in in dupont circle and we're hanging outside this club called whispers Mm -hmm. and uh this cab pulls up and these three girls get out and one of them, I just lock eyes with, and I can't believe it because she's like, she's looking back at me and she's smiling. And she says to me, are you going inside to this club? And I said, nope. <laughs> and then she, she and her friends went inside and Hal looked at me and he said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go in, go in there. And to this day, every time I see Hal, I'm like, man, Hal, I I would not be where I am today if uh, if you hadn't told me. That's don't amazing, be a, man. Don't be a fool, man. Go inside. Talk talk to this girl. 
Right, those moments, you ended man. Up those, my whole life. Those freaking mo- those moments, man. It's crazy, man. Yeah. We all connect together, man. It's it's pretty amazing, man. Well, I'm I'm happy for you, man. You've had a uh, amazing relationship, a long relationship too, and I love that. I, I love my friends who have long relationships and been through, especially guys in bands and stuff too, because it's such stereo. There's like a lot of stereotypes about musicians and having girlfriends and. All that, and I, I've had, I, I had my wife. I mean, she was my girlfriend before I was in H two O, and been with me ever since. And was on tour with me for like ten years, selling merch. So that was a great time. My life before Max was born, she she got to travel with me and stuff. Um, Max was Max was conceived on tour. Moon was pregnant on tour. Didn't tell anybody. Um, we announced it at CBGB's. It was pretty amazing. Um, on stage, she surprised that my band. Yeah, it was cool, man. Um, so yeah, I'm very lucky too. And, uh, I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But you know, but you know, Max and Moon are very lucky too. Thank you, man. And, and, and they, they, they know what, they know what a package they've gotten you. Thank you, man. You know, we yeah. all do. We all do, man. You're an amazing guy. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate no, that. Thank you. Thank you. you. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things I love about doing field day. But uh, meeting you was something really unexpected. I, I want to—I I have to say yes about meeting you as well. Like when just going backstage and seeing you guys at the show at the Viper Room, and then not having seen you ever in real life since I've seen you guys play when I was a kid when that record was out and those when you did that those tours, and uh, yeah, and just connecting with you guys again and just and then having the show in Cali, you guys play with. I just—I don't know—just our friendship and getting to know you, and I love that. I love when I. I love when I meet somebody that I admired and looked up to and they're, and they're everything I wanted them to be and they're not let down because I've met a lot of people in my life that I actually wish I never met and kept them and just stayed a fan. But you, you are, uh, you're awesome and you're exactly what I hoped you'd be and so that makes me happy. You know, I wonder about that. When, when that happens, when you meet somebody who, who you would look up to and then it doesn't quite, it, 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 the person isn't quite what you expected. Yeah. Does it, does it change how you hear the music? 100%. Or are you able to like, yeah. There's some bands I can't so, listen so, to anymore, man, to be honest with you. Wow. And I'll wow. never say I mean, on my I, podcast, I tell you when, when I saw you. No, but, of yeah. course not. Of course but I'm not. just saying like, that I, that I got to meet and it really bummed me, it bums me out because I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, it's an interesting thing because I think that on the one hand, you you think about you want to meet you want to meet people, you yeah. know you want to express how they made you feel. My gratitude towards them, yeah. Sure, I don't know, I don't know when this happened for me, but at a certain point, I thought. If I really, if I really like a band, I am not going to read interviews with them. Like I, yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to know a thing mm-hmm. because I was too, too worried that it would spoil it. Yeah. And probably, you know, in in ninety five percent of the cases, I was probably completely wrong about that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I just always had this thing like I'm, I'm going to read something and I'm going to think, oh man, these guys are assholes. It and sucks. then it's gonna it it's sucks. gonna ru- it's gonna ruin the song. 
Yeah, you know? I, I remember watching my wife meet Robert Smith, and Mo- my wife didn't want to meet him. She was so nervous. That's her number one. And Moon shook his hand, and he said that Moon goes, sorry, I don't speak English. Moon was so scared. <laughs> she said, sorry, I don't speak English. Oh, my God, dude. She was funny she was so nervous because she that that's like her she didn't want to meet him but but we were like at conan o'brien and he was there and rusty's like hey come over it was this weird moment i was and i met him and he was cool i'm a big fan but i didn't i didn't bug out on it but moon's like like love this in love with this guy but it was just such a cute moment to see her do that and you she's i heard he's nice anyway um yeah i met then i I met people then i met people that are like you expect them to be total rock stars, and they're fucking amazing, man. They're like, mm-hmm. I met Chris Martin from Coldplay, and I have like three Coldplay tattoos, and that's my num- that's my one of my favorite bands. And he like, I I just said, hey, nice. I opened the door for him at my friend's spot. And I said, oh man, nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. And I said, I showed him my tattoo, my fingers. Like, oh my god, he goes, he goes, he goes, should we should we do a selfie? I'm like, what? And 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 I had no idea who Nick Cave was. He, I thought he was this, I thought it was Rico Kasich from the Cars. I don't know anything about that music. And Nick, I found mm-hmm. out later Nick Cave was standing behind me with this. They're waiting this black SUV. He was standing there waiting for Chris. And Chris looks at me. He goes, "Should we do a selfie, mate?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Should, should I? Should I? Shouldn't I give you a hug?" And so he gave me a hug. And then he gave me his pin he was wearing. And then he fucking walked away. And it was fucking surreal because. He didn't even have to stop for anybody. He asked me if I wanted a photo, right. and then he asked me if he could give me a hug. Then he gave me his pin. When I tell you, I fucking walked like f- three miles home. I I just walked home like I was almost floating, and it sounds so f- weird, but that that guy's music and everything about Coldplay, I fucking love. And for him to be that nice to me and take that time, and I met motherfuckers who are nowhere near on that level. They just fucking didn't give me the time of day. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it, it, it was insane. And I walked home like a fucking weepering little girl. Like I walked almost, I was like skipping home. I couldn't believe it because I oh, just that's awesome. it was fucking amazing, dude. And that's like that guy was on my bucket list. You know what I mean? Like, and he didn't have to For do sure. anything like that to me. And then I, when I told my friend, he was with Nick Cave. Like, oh my god, you like I don't, I don't know nothing about Nick Cave, but he was there too. But it was right. just it was just moment. And then it was just moment because. I, I don't know. I was just, it was bugged out. Max, remember when I met Chris Martin? I was freaking out. Oh, yeah, you called me crying. Yeah, I called Max. I was so crying. I called Max. I was so emo. Oh, my God. Anyway, his music was so impactful to me, you know? Of course. Of course. But he could have yeah. been a total no, jerk, I mean, you know? Uh, he could have been. But boy, I listen to that music, and, and I would have found it hard to believe if he was, mm. you know? Gotcha. It, it would definitely be disappointing. Yeah. Then I heard. Yeah. Then I then I then I found out I knew people that worked with him for ten years. Like, oh my god, he's so positive. He lives in this little posy world, and like he's so nice to everybody. And all the work. Like I heard so many amazing things after that. And then once I posted a picture, my friends like, oh, I know him. Or this blah blah blah. This guy's one of the realest dudes. Donates all this stuff. And I was like, awesome, 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 awesome. Um, oh man, that is great. So that was that a that so was a great cool. one. There's other ones where I've been like. Ah, oh, fuck, you know, but it is what it is. You you, uh, you put people, and I, and I made, made that was my problem when I was a kid. You put them on this pedestal of how they, sh- how you think they are, and maybe they really are, and I don't know. But you know how that works. Yeah. Is there anybody definitely. you wanted to meet but never got to meet? There, there, yeah. I mean, there, 
but the thing is, is that with almost anybody, I would be really hesitant to even say anything to them. Mm-hmm. Like when when we did when we did the show with you at the locker room, mm-hmm. and remember, Fear was playing too. Oh, that's right. And and so their their manager Robert, um, he knows I'm a huge fan of Fear. Yeah. And he comes up to me and he's like, you know, come over. I want, uh, you know, I want you to meet Lee. And, and I did it, but I was like, wow, this is exactly the thing that like, I don't want to do. I don't know what to say, (laughs) you know? And I mean, the only thing you can say is, is just, you know, thank the person. Totally. You know, thank you for, thank you for doing what you were doing. And, and, you know, I got chills. It was just like, that's Man, so I'm, cool. I'm, I'm here with Lee Bang, and he was totally sweet. I heard he's super, yeah, he's you know, super he nice. He was a yeah. really sweet guy. But then, like, the, the Spit Sticks, the drummer, who I think is, like, one of the most amazing drummers in the world, and he was really, really outgoing. He was talking to everybody, and, and I totally could have had a conversation with him, but I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, mm. not going to waste this guy's time. Yeah. So, you know, those opportunities come up and it's, it's probably dumb, but I'm just like, no, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'll be wasting people's time. Mm-hmm. But you you're know? not. And then, so and then, just, and then in, and on don't. the flip, people might think they do about you. If they see you, I, I want to say something, but I want to bother him. Like, I know you don't put yourself in leaving shoes, but to people you are in, like in that, in that world. So it's like, it's hard to see yourself as that, but I'm sure other people are nervous to say hi or have a conversation too. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah, Lee Ving. That's he. He look. He looked great too. He look. He looks like a movie star, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He totally does. He looks he totally wonderful. Does. Um, yeah. He, yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, yeah. I think now we talk for another hour. So now your episode is going to, have to be two, two episodes, which is fine. Part one <laughs> and part two. And maybe I might just call you tomorrow. We never know what's going to happen during this lockdown. There you go. Quarantine. Yeah, I'll be. <laughs> I'll be around. I'll text I'll you tomorrow and be like, around, I got more questions, more things to talk to you about. Yeah, um, I feel like what what are the what other lyrics have you misunderstood completely? Yes. For like, you know, forty years. It, so what's the last interview you've done, you think? Oh. Uh gosh. I mean, I haven't done Oh, I was about to say I haven't done any with, with Field Day, but I did chime in like for just a second with, with one that Doug was doing with somebody in uh in Arizona. But this is an interview. Uh, this is this is were, like this they is a were conversation. The van and I had to yeah. yeah, but um but no, I don't I don't think uh the last time I did any kind of interview was probably uh with somebody when I was in the Janets. Wow, and this isn't an interview. This is two, this is like two friends just having a conversation. So like, I'm trying to think like a recorded interview that was put out with you on it, probably not for like over 25 years at least. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, yeah, you 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 won't find anything. I have the exclusive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. We'll have a great. Cody got the scoop. I have the scoop. Hey, you too, man. You too. Thank you. I might I might talk you. to you tomorrow. And, you never uh, know. <laughs> Uh, sounds good to me, man. I'll be here. All right, have a great night. Thank you, bro. <laughs> you too, Toby. Take it easy. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. 
you can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.